0: See by your eyes, you must be lying When you think I don't have a clue Baby, you're crazy If you think that you can fool me, because I've seen a full little run between awesome force and smile with the knives in their eyes where well, their actions become soldiers to keep your office for somebody who hasn't got so much to lose you can tell by the lines I'm reciting. Yeah, I've seen that movie too. To so keep your auditions for somebody who haven't got much to do. Cause you can tell by the lines I'm reciting. I've seen that movie too.
1: Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, our host Tom Dupree. Missy Clifton, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group.
2: This song is from an album that Elton John put out, I think, in about 1973. He had already had three excellent albums. Uh, they were called uh, Tumbleweed Connection. Um, Mad Man Across the Water in Honky Chateau. But this is where he goes for the platform shoes and you know, the whole look that he was known for for a long time. And I happened to be a freshman at Sewanee, and I went off to this place in the middle of nowhere that I didn't know anything, I, you know, I, I knew a few things, but... Uh, all of a sudden, all this new music. I did not follow Elton John into this uh, change that he went through, but nonetheless, this song, this album has got some incredible songs in there. One of them we tried to play, but we couldn't get it to play right. So this one's called. Uh, I've seen that movie too, and it's a hell of a song. All right. This makes me think of 1974. Why? I don't know. This is now fifty years since 1974. And it's night it's 2024. So it's 50 years ago that I went off to college. It's a long time. All right. Psalm number 29. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of God is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divides the flame of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord is the word of the Lord. It's when God speaks. So everything that is in the world was spoken into existence. And one of the great corruptors of our time is to take language and bend it and use it for your own purposes. This is what goes on in the political realm. It goes on in business. It's a way of uh, restating original words and corrupting them. Now, where do we see this go on? Well, we see it everywhere. We certainly see it in the, the, current administration and uh, people uh, you you see all kinds of bills that come out of congress that say they are for one thing and they really do something else like the inflation reduction act which does neither the affordable health care act since that's been passed we've had nothing but increasing price of health care so there are lies and there's all kinds of lies but I want to focus on something that uh, I read this past Monday in the Lexington Helpless Leader um, concerning the Martin Luther King Day uh, celebration and um, my office sits right on Main Street. Um, And many times, uh, we're closed on Martin Luther King Day. It's always on a Monday. But there have been times when I'll be sitting in the office trying to get some work done, and this uh, parade... Uh, The Martin Luther King Day Parade will go down Main Street and and it goes past my office. And I've watched it for a lot of years uh, because the office has been there for 20 years. We've been on Main Street for 20 years and the the march has been going on longer than that. But one year I remember – so typically – uh, it's primarily African-American, but there will always be a couple of white politicians right in the middle of it. It's interesting how the, 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 the leaders of the parade are always white folks. Um, and one year it was um, Jim Gray, the current mayor, and, and here's a political blast from the past, Allison Lundergan grimes if you recall she was considered sort of the democrats um up-and-comer and and, uh uh, fair-haired child if you will their great great hope uh allison lundergan grimes who who ran against uh mitch mcconnell and uh you know she wanted to be senator and um I'll never recall forget her standing up to a crowd of folks saying, You know, uh, thank you for thank you for Dr. Ms. Grimes, and I apologize for how famous I've made their name. Um, and you know, just, I don't know if you remember that. that was in a McConnell ran that in one of his commercials. He had some wicked people who would uh, take things that people had said, but anyway, So there was another one of these this past Monday. And I think in the, I could, I know Linda Gorton was in there. There was some guy in a hat, white guy, looked like Capilouto. I I could sort of make him out on the edge. And then a group of other uh, folks, mostly African-American. So here's the language part of it. Every year you could write one article and use it for the next 15 years. It's always about keeping the dream alive. And then you will see several people say, you could almost have one of them say the quotation and then parrot it another 15 times we still have so much work to do. They don't say what the work is, but they say that we still have so much work to do. Now, this particular time, uh, the newspaper started the article by saying they had the annual uh, Martin Luther King Day March as certain proposals were in the legislature and it sounded like that they were saying to roll back civil rights advances. I don't know, miss you've got that thing right there. They, they, there's something where they say in there, Oh, this, everything that is going on in the civil right in, in the Martin Luther King day March that we're commemorating is now getting ready to be under assault in the legislature, do you do you see
3: they specifically? It was uh, they suggested the two bills in the Republican-controlled legislature would do away with the diversity. It's the DEI, yeah. It's the DEI initiative, okay. diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts at universities and public schools. Okay, so
2: that in this world can be construed as racist or going backwards. Now, here's this. This sort of takes me right to what I want to say. What I want to say is this is no longer about the dream of Martin Luther King. That dream has been accomplished. We basically have racial equality at this point. But what has risen up around continuing to say, oh, we've still got so much work to do, is an entire industry, the DEI industry, That is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Lots of jobs have been created and are in every kind of institution out there now. Schools, universities, hospitals, corporations, doesn't matter. If they can write a check, they have hired a DEI officer to make sure that all these things are being adhered to. So now, in my opinion, based on observation, anecdotal observation, but nonetheless, observation informed by years of observing, that makes me a seasoned observer. It isn't about making sure Dr. King's dream gets realized. It's about making sure all these DEI jobs continue to get funded, staffed, and foisted upon every institution out there and that people will continue to believe that there's so much more work that needs to be done and we've got to keep hiring all these DEI officers and paying them a lot of money. That's what it is now. It ain't about civil rights anymore, it's about keeping the civil rights industry going.
3: I could actually take it one step further, but I wanted, and I, maybe we'll do that in the second half because I really want to kind of drill down on the human rights campaign, which is a huge.
2: I know, piece but that's more gay lesbian and
3: No, no, but it, it it is it has it has heavy roots in the equality indexes that are driving the DEI initiative. But, but all let's, right, well let's
2: just just for a second, do you would you not agree I'll tell you something that I thought was interesting. I have a friend who works for a large company here. Let's just call it the water company. It might be the water company. It might not be, but we'll just say it. He said, you know, I've noticed something. The water company would rather we work on Christmas than work on Martin Luther King's day. See, I think it's now that the DEI and all these things, they've approached, if you can make it into a religion or a, a an article of faith, if you're going to be a seriously considered person today, then there's absolutely no question but that all these jobs need to be funded because we have got to implement this orthodoxy, this religion everywhere. And let's think think about it for a minute. If you get down to the idea of racial prejudice, I don't like black people. I do like black people. I don't know what to think about black people. If you're white, if you're black, I don't like white people. I do like white people. I don't have one way or the other. Those are matters of the human heart and the human mind. They cannot be legislated by hordes and hordes of DEI or what other kinds of officers. But now what we've done, we've taken it and making it in in, and essentially legislated it upon the populace and unleashed it as directives. And now it's mainly about funding and paying for these jobs. All right, go ahead.
3: Well, I think, let me back up. I think it's funny. This So this article was written by Beth Musgrave, um, ran on January 15th on MLK Day. It was titled, We Cannot Stop, We Will Not Stop, Lexington Pauses to Remember MLK Day, Celebrate Unity. And You know, it's funny. I looked up unity, and you know what the synonym for unity is? Diversity. <laughs> <laughs> and yet the the whole article is... We need to, to all to, think alike. To to your point, it it not only once but twice we had to push you know we had to pull in the DEI the diversity equity inclusion, which is, I do not believe, it is a huge segue from what Martin Luther King was. I don't think he was trying to create dream. an, That's an not, industry. Yeah, exactly. So, wh- what? What? I'm not obviously. I don't. I don't know. But you know, from a legal standpoint, if you flip this around, right? Um, you talk about unfair hiring practices, which was what you know, M, you know, Martin Luther King wanted, equal. Op- he wanted opportunity, right? He wasn't saying special, you know, special, special what's the word I'm saying? Preferential treatment. Saying. Preferential treatment. He was asking preferential for- Preferential treatment? Something like that. He was asking for opportunity, not based on yeah. race, color, creed, sex, et cetera, and so on. And you I mean, think about Mainly that, for him it was, brace. It for was race. It was exactly. Race. But you think about unfair hiring practices involve hiring an individual not based on skills, knowledge, and performance criteria. That's it. Yeah, just do not it based, based on
2: so let's just do it based on sex, gender, race, right? right. So and your sexual I mean, orientation. You
3: look at just from the strictest sense unfair All you do is hiring the Biden practices administration. involve not based on hiring them based not skills, knowledge, and performance. Okay. It's when
2: Joe Biden went out and said, for the Supreme Court opening, I'm going to hire a black woman. What he didn't say is I'm going to hire a black woman who has certain political views. That we like because there were two or three other black women that were more qualified than Katanji that got completely overlooked. And and so yeah, it's it's absolutely a basis for discrimination the other direction.
3: Right. So if you focus on hiring the best people for the job and a byproduct of your hiring practices of hiring the best people for the job is diversity, then so be it. You know that should you know that then, then you know applause applause right. But if you focus on hiring just for the sake of diversity, then you get engineered diversity, and I think I've mentioned that before. Which and isn't
2: diversity at all.
3: Which will never re- will never achieve superior results, and that's that. That I think is kind of the point. It's just it's diversity for when the were, sake of diversity, and it's a smokescreen.
2: When you were a swim team.
3: Coach, mom, whatever. Official. I was a referee.
2: Okay. Well, you were around it. Imagine if they had put people into competition that were in way over their head, didn't know what they were doing, but just because they represented some kind of group and they needed to be given a leg up so they could win and get their participation trophy, which is basically we're talking about Leah Thomas now at this point how would that have sat with well anyway well, y- you, you you saw people compete on the basis of merit not being placed there just because they were of a certain group
3: well it it takes and and I, seriously i do want to talk about the hrc and i want to talk about how how we have gotten where we are and why and and you know what it's all about it's about money but but in this, and I think this is interesting to take people way out, because you're thinking, what's wrong with unity? What's wrong with diversity? It's not what's wrong with it. It's where, where, we're, t- where we're going with it. So in this, in, this, in this completely you can't make this up category, you know, just for, it, just for a little SNS, the New York Post ran a remarkable story just this week titled FAA, Diversity push includes focusing on hiring people with severe intellectual and psychiatric disabilities. Say what?
2: So the FAA, instead of trying to keep these people out of... The diver- air transport. The they are di- actually wanting to bring them in. The
3: FAA's diversity and inclusion hiring plan claims that diversity is an integral part to achieving the FAA's mission of ensuring safe and efficient travel across our nation. And then goes on to say that, um, you know, we're not quite sure how the people with, quote unquote, severe intellectual and psychiatric disabilities need to be in charge of anything to do with the nation's air traffic Industry. But That's
2: they're saying but they want th- to bring people that one, like so that New in the New
3: York Post is the New York Post ran this story about Well this is where it goes. Line. Let's let's F- bring A- in
2: you will always well, by I mean, the with these efforts you'll always end up getting the worst qualified
3: well, well it comes it comes right on the heels of this you know Boeing door plug incident where the you know the, the the door blew off on the Boeing and the people's cell phones and their their clothes were ripped off
1: off you know okay. Mm, 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 mm. all right you've been listening to the tom Dupree show with missy clifton sitting in if you'd like to hear more of the tom Dupree show you can always find it on our website dupreefinancial.com under the radio tab stand by we'll be back with more of the tom Dupree show in just a few minutes
0: it's a
2: This is Tom Dupree. Retirement can be tricky. In order to produce the right amount of income from a retirement account without depleting the principal, you need to develop a mixture of growth and income. At Dupree Financial Group, we specialize in designing investment portfolios for retired and soon-to-be-retired individuals by making investments in companies that produce both income and growth. Our process is simple to understand, but you need to make an appointment with us so we can explain it to you. Give us a call today at 859-233-0400 to set a time with us. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show at News Radio 630 WLAP on Saturday mornings. And listen to us on your favorite podcast platform.
0: be a good friend of mine I was a free man in Paris I felt unfettered and alive there was nobody calling me up for favors and no one's future to decide you know I go back there tomorrow but for the work I've taken on stoking the star maker machinery behind the popular song
1: Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, our host Tom Dupree, Missy Clifton, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group.
0: So, back to 1974.
2: Why'd you turn it off? <laughs> what happened? He was enjoying the music. <laughs> Why'd you turn it off? I uh, didn't. Back to 1974. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm sitting in my dorm, and, you know, I'm in, a freshman. I don't know where I am. I mean, I'm somewhere that's not where I have been in the past. And there's a guy across the hall who's like a junior now, and he was really cool. His name was Max. He was from Anniston, Alabama. He had this really cool Volkswagen bus, and he had a great stereo system. And his music was eclectic. And I'd never heard a guy playing Joni Mitchell. But this new album had just come out called Court and Spark. And it's got five songs on it that are just blockbusters. Now, that's the one that everybody knew the most. It's called Free Man in Paris. You know who it's about? It's about David Geffen,
3: hmm.
2: you know, the trillionaire now. Uh, that that Back then, he was sort of, you know, it, but for the work I've taken on, stroking the star maker machinery behind the popular song. You know, David Geffen was a big force in the record business at that time. And uh, I didn't know that. I had no idea. I didn't know it till decades later. I just knew... Cause Max was into it, I got into it. That's the same way I got into the James Gang. Cause my he's I, eighty. Who David Geffen? Uh-huh, he's yeah. eighty. Well, he's got a yacht that's like six hundred feet long, or four hundred. But um, every I, the only thing I've ever done in my whole life, he
3: fell in love with Cher <laughs> in nineteen seventy.
2: Oh God! Was well, that? This is before <laughs> this this thing. So I sent you. The, she had put out another album just before that. And there's a song off her. Uh, Joni Mitchell's incredible. I mean, and, you know, she's still around. and She's getting dottery But this other album called Blue had come out just before that. And then I started exploring. It's like Jackson Brown. You, you look at this one song that they do. And then you look at some of the other stuff they've done around it. This is from the album Blue. Now that's when she's still singing that real warbly.
0: Short, they won't give peace a chance. That was just a dream some of us had. Still a lot of lines to see. But I wouldn't want to stay here. It's too old and cold and settled in its ways here. All the California cats. I'm gonna see the folks I dig, I'll even kiss a sunset pig, California, I'm coming home. I met a redneck on a Grecian Isle, who did the goat dance very well. He gave me back my smile, but he kept my camera to sell. cell. Oh, the rogue, the red, red rogue cook good omelettes and stews and i might have stayed on with him there but my heart cried out for you california oh california coming home so oh, make me feel good rock and roll band i'm your you know california, coming
2: home. i've been fortunate to have the door so many things open to me and to be able to get out of just my little world and into other people's worlds and other kinds of worlds you know I could just do music because it's so compelling to me and that's really what I'm the most interested in is I like talking about these things that we talk about, but to me, the music's the most fascinating thing.
3: Alright, so we're going to go back to yeah, just so, I wanted to finish up just a little bit of you know how we I'm sure you did. how we <laughs> why we are seem to be here. So
2: wait a minute, how we what?
3: How we seem to I be? Sound like
2: you used the f word just there. No,
3: no, no, no. I said how we seem to have gotten In the here. The last we, time
2: it sounded like you used the s word. It's like Missy. It's like she's starting well, to. Hopefully, Elizabeth
3: won't have to go back. This and thing's going to either
2: out. have to become a podcast or go on XM radio. Because I mean, we're getting ready to. Get the FCC I, all over us? No,
3: no, no, no. I'm I'm good and clean. Um, what, I thought so. What I wanted to talk about was the human rights campaign, and we we've discussed this. Maybe it was like a year and a half ago. We were talking about the HRC, and in particular about their push for transgender uh, initiatives. But what yeah. you have to do is you you've got to go back, and I don't know the, if the if many people are aware of this, but NGOs, you know, non government organizations, anything that, that's gets money
2: from the government but says they don't
3: right well yeah, yeah um the ngos the the non-government organizations that were born after the aids after the you know the initial aids issue when it when they finally came out and gave it a name in 1982 i believe um that the the human rights campaign began in 1980 and you know in their earlier years they were um rightfully focused on kind of gay white males and the issues that were affecting them at the Stonewall
2: time. uh New York City you know the the big pushback against that's when the the gay movement it was all based in New York City and the gay movement kind of gained its legs it was the Stonewall bar and something went on that was kind of like the beginning of and then the movie Uh, Dog Day Afternoon was made with Al Pacino, uh, and that was an extension of the Stonewall riots and movement. So, yeah, and then... This gave rise to a whole lot of initiatives.
3: Exactly. So, and that's that's exactly where I was going with this is that, um, you know, and so as the as the AIDS crisis fell out of the collective news, you know, day to day news stuff, or people just weren't interested anymore, um, and kind of took a back seat.
2: It was like COVID. People thought you could get AIDS right, walking into a room, anything, right? Sit, and and the YMCA oh, and, and
3: who was the huge part of yeah, spreading you, that you've information told us this before? Yeah, you've
2: told us this before,
3: Anthony Fauci. Yes, you okay. can get it from casually touching someone. Yeah, okay, um, um and in the in the it's terrible. All the ads that they put out, like if you know somebody sitting there holding hands, and they're like, meet, meet, you can get AIDS. You know, yeah. okay. Um,
2: I was living in Houston. Go ahead.
3: Okay. Well, I was going to. Okay. So, so as the AIDS crisis kind of took a back seat, big pharma, f- you know, they had to pivot and they what they they do what they do best and they had to focus on what makes them the most money novel drugs loads of financial backing to create you know so in and, and they they were one so of the how are we going they are, one, Martin Luther of, King they are drugs. one of the biggest uh financial backers of the human rights campaign interesting and so that's interesting yes that's what i want you to know and so so what you have to understand is the human rights campaign so you're saying pivot. that
2: that that pharmaceutical companies are one of the biggest holy p-
3: smokes you need to go on the human rights campaign and you can look at their 2020 you can look up at, at who their big donors are really so so so, so this the, is
2: new information the for human me.
3: rights campaign is all about equality indexes and with loads of financial backing they have created from, from politicians, from big pharma, from, you know, other in, from private entities like the Pritzkers and all those people like that. What they've done is they have created a culture of acceptance that is almost like devoid of normalcy or sometimes even decency. Their focus now is on transgender medicine because it is huge and it's money-making. It's a big money-making venture. But they have the people at
2: Vanderbilt as much as admitted it.
3: Well, but but they so so, you know, so for for them to for people to accept what what is the transgender issue, which is an extension of the LGBTQ, which requires
2: ongoing medical treatment forever. Right.
3: right. So so so. So by the way, in 1984, the human rights campaign already came out loudly. They they were completely focused on that area for advocacy, for education. Uh, they were envisioning- in a 84? In
2: 1984. 19, for transgenderism? For,
3: for LB, LGBTQ plus research, advocacy, education, yeah. envisioning, quote unquote, a world where all LGBTQ plus people can participate fully in the systems that shape our daily lives and that their allegiance is to- move industry into their way of thinking. Right so that's where I'm going right with direction. this. Is that that, you know, with all these equity scores that they have so first off first off they set they set their sights on corporations and they established this that makes CEI. Sense. They set this exactly. It's 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 the same thing that the it's it's the same thing that the Rockefellers did with medicine back in um when they started putting Remember, there used to be doctors that that practice that were not part of the American Medical Association. Homeopathic, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. Kinds yes. of yes. medicine, naturopaths. That's right. Things like and, that. And with the help of that was, that with was the help a, of the, the the barons, you know, of that of, of that age, they they started they created the American Medical Association, and then called anyone that wasn't a part of the AMA, the AMA a quack, non accredited, right. So in the same way, it's like the human rights campaign has they've almost borrowed from that playbook so the first thing they did was they they went in on this national benchmarking tool on corporate policies, practices, and benefits, and you know, when we talk about practices, we're talking about hiring practices. Yeah. So they establish these corporate equity index scores that even Le- the Lexington Herald has toted. We just got a. Or, and I, I see. I've seen several articles in the last year and a half because I'm now hypersensitive to anything that says you know we got a great score from the Human Rights Campaign. So the Lexington
2: our- Herald itself says that. The- that they it, got, they got that. Th-
3: there have been articles and I'm, I'm, don't, don't quote me on the list. There have been multiple articles, even that little six. They a- as a
2: company got rated a certain way.
3: No, our city that like the city gets a rating. Ah, the, the city, city, gets city rating. of Lexington. Right. So, so there are, there's the CEIs. There's the, um, there's the SEIs, There's all of this. I said all the healthcare equality index, and they're all based on, as I said, um, Furthering a very aggressive agenda that most people wouldn't under they they would not agree with if they actually were to understand what the what the what the what the push is. Well said. Okay, I, I, that that's all. And and political capital is at the heart of all these. Okay, well, no,
2: it, it's not just political capital; it's raw money, which of course politics has to run upon. Not yours and not theirs, but yours and mine. So let's tie this back to the whole Martin Luther King Day celebration. Martin Luther King has been used as essentially the lightning rod, or the the goalpost, or the the pillar.
3: I think he's the smokescreen for he he's he was the good thing about.
2: It's like Jesus. People say. Jesus is great. it's his followers that I have a problem with. <laughs> you look at all these churches that are built and you know, God bless them, but it's this this is the church of the of the legacy of Martin Luther King. this not Martin Luther King himself, but the legacy. The church that's been built around it has been used to form job descriptions out the the wazoo and anytime you can compel people by using words like rights using words like equity justice diversity oh my god how many churches have i driven by lately over here on maxwell street i know there's that one the Lutheran church out here on high street on the front of their church. It doesn't say we laud and magnify our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. It says diversity, equity, inclusion. That is the new gospel. I know it's that way over here on Maxwell street. And it's that way at the little Lutheran church out on, on high street. And it's, it may be that way a lot of other places. I know it's true with the Episcopal Church, probably the new Methodist Church. So a new religion has even settled. This is the religion of humanism. Nothing in the Bible that says this is what we're supposed to do. It's the religion of what's going on. And... And everything is driven by this. And I'm going to tell you something. In my experience, when too many people get on one side of the boat, what does the boat do? It It turns. it, It, It capsizes. And it's not good for anybody. I understand that the momentum has been with these groups sort of doing what they're doing. But I also sense that there is now greater pushback than there was six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, there's greater pushback and there's more resistance and it's slowly building. And, you look at Donald Trump, whom we're not even supposed to mention in pri- in polite circles, but I think something happened uh, this week with the uh, big victory that he got in the in the uh, Iowa caucuses, which is the only uh, political news election-wise that's happened in a while. And people can't go out and say, oh, Iowa, they're a bunch of southern rednecks. No, they're not. It's a conservative farming state, but it's kind of known for its common sense. 50% of the people that are registered as Republicans brave the cold to go out and cast their vote for Donald Trump. I'll tell you another thing that Elizabeth showed There was an entry poll question. Now, we're not talking about people that are conspiracy theorists. We're talking about hardworking Iowans, mainly farm people, but they were asked, do you think that the 2020 victory of Joe Biden was legitimate? Of these people, only 50% of them voted for Trump.
3: The rest voted for, for Haley and... Uh, yeah, it was 51% Trump, 21.3% for DeSantis. Well, guess what? 19% Haley and uh, uh, Ramaswamy, you got 7.7%. That question,
2: do you think that Biden was the legitimate victor?
3: 65% of those people Trump said... Trump won every single minute. 99 oh, counties. L- hold on a minute.
2: The question, do you think... Biden was the legitimate winner in 2020. No 65% of those people said no. That means it wasn't just the Trump people whom you can certainly call them crazy. It's people who voted for the moderate Nikki Haley and the who knows what Ron DeSantis who have themselves said it was a legit election. So there were some people who voted for Haley who says, Oh, Biden won fair and square that, In that entry poll, said no, he didn't. Think about it a minute. She has staked her uh, candidacy on the idea that Trump lost fair and square. Yet, sixty-five percent of those people coming to vote in Iowa said no, he
1: didn't. Iowa. (laughs) That ended the conversation. Sorry. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton sitting in. You
2: can tell the difference in her voice from that album to the next one.
1: Our financial hour is coming up in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're powered by Dupree Financial Group.